internet brand strategist Sandra Beck interviews top business coaches, speakers, authors, and thought leaders to bring you the best business tips, tricks, and techniques to give your idea the best possible chance for success. From writing your first novel, to telecommuting from home, to taking your small business to infinity and beyond. Now here's your host, Sandra Beck. Hey everybody, this is Sandra Beck and I'm here with Duena Welch of Love Factually. And we're talking about a very touchy subject today about your partner's kids. And I love your point of view where you're like, why you should expect those kids not to like you. Like start out right in the, you know, no Brady Bunch, no sugarcoating, expect them to not like you. Tell me why that's such a great attitude to come in a relationship with. Well, thank you for having me back on your show. It's a, a joy to be here. And uh, it reminds me, you know, I was a professor for a long time. And one day I said to my, my students, so why doesn't passionate love leave people on a high forever? And I turned around to write their answers on the board. And from the back of the class, I hear from a man, you, you mean it doesn't? And I realized, oh, oh, I, I burst his bubble. Of course, people can remain loving each other and have moments of passion forever. That's definitely a goal and it can happen. But just as your biology develops a tolerance to drugs and alcohol, it will develop a tolerance to dopamine and serotonin. And so, you know, not that you won't ever have those highs, but it's not your constant state like where, you know, oh, they walk in the room and you're just transported. So same thing with your your stepkids or your partner's children you love this person that you have chosen you dated their mom or dad but the kids didn't date you right they didn't choose you they have competing loyalties they may want to choose you and their other parent or that parent's parents grandpa and grandma, aunts and uncles on that side of the family, they may not approve. You may not be told anything as a child directly, but as a child, you're very good at picking up the cues around you. And you may know that mom or dad is very uncomfortable with the other parents' new relationship. You know, the Brady Bunch really did more harm than good. Mm-hmm. You know, in the Brady Bunch, there are no step parents. There are no step grandparents. It's as if, it's as if uh, these two parents are dropped onto into Southern California with these happy, well-adjusted children. They're and and they're on their own. There's no there's no extended family. There's no one dropping poison in these kids' ears, and the kids who all of whom are super well-adjusted, even though there are eight of them. Imagine eight kids and nobody has any issues. They just love the new step parents as if they're really their parents. Well, and they listen to them. Like when Mr. Brady says, you know, go clean your room. You know, I think of my kids with one guy I was dating. He was a fighter pilot, super good looking, super successful, super talented. You know, my kids called him Dumbo. 
because his ears stuck out. You know, he had the military high and tight haircut. And they're like, oh, is Dumbo coming to dinner? You know, but that's that's typical. You know, your kids are going to form their own opinions. And you're right. They didn't drop in out of nowhere. They didn't. And let's say even if you were widowed, the fact of the matter is your children maintain a loyalty to the parent who is not there anymore. Sure. They don't want to forget about that parent. Dr. Welch, I'm just going to jump in here for a second because I'd like to thank our sponsor. Today's show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Give online therapy a try at betterhelp.com slash coach talk and get on your way to being your best self. Now we're talking today with Dr. Duana Welch about expectations and how in divorce we should kind of accept that the kids from our spouses or our new spouses aren't going to be loving and happy that we're there. And I found this to be true in my own divorce, both on my ex-husband's side and his new partner, and then on my side with anyone I was dating. You know, this expectation that everybody should be the Brady Bunch is really not healthy for anybody. And I've benefited by therapy from going to co-parenting sessions with a therapist, talking about my role with stepkids or what the new step-parent's role is. And I think it's really important because these are tough waters to navigate. And maybe we didn't have parents who were divorced, or maybe we had parents who had a fractious or contentious divorce. We don't have the tools to handle this. And when you have your kids and the other person's kids, and then they have step-siblings over at the other people's house, it's really, really hard for kids to navigate, and parents have to lead their children through this. And I personally had a lot of struggle with it and was really glad to have a therapist on speed dial and a regular session with her each week so that I could talk over things about how to handle my own kids, how to handle stepkids, how to have a a harmonious household, if that's even possible. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out this brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist. And if you don't like your therapist or it's not working, you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. If you want more balance in your life, if you're navigating really treacherous waters such as divorce and co-parenting and multiple parenting situations and combinations, I want you to visit betterhelp.com slash coach talk today and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash coach talk today to get 10% off your first month. We're talking, Dr. Welch, about blended families and sometimes a parent dies and that creates a whole different scenario because you've got kids who are grieving and, you know, situations with a parent who died and a step parent coming in can be really difficult. There's research that, I don't know why I was surprised by this. Sometimes I read research and then I think, Hmm, why didn't you know that? Really, that makes sense. You should have known that, but I didn't. Mm -hmm. I assumed that following divorce, that children had less time with their father and more time with their mother than they had ever had before. So that sounds reasonable, right? Because usually it's moms until very recently, usually moms got most of the custody. Now it's still true that moms in the US mostly get the majority of custody, but there's more and more situations where it's 50-50. A California, 50-50 from the get-go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have to and even, even there, I think that if you're dealing with a newborn or a child with special needs who's under the age of three, even there, it's mostly the mom that's going to get those situations. So um, I don't know for sure. I'm not a lawyer. I don't play one on TV. 
Um, so, you know, take that with a grain of salt. But what the research has found is that kids get less time with both parents following divorce. Even if mom has 80% custody, they get less time with mom than they ever had before, which stunned I me. That. Well, because I, I lived it. You know, I have to work. I have to support us. I'm soul supporting. So I'm working till five or six. They're at school. You put them in programs. Basically, it's child care after school programs. You know, they're in art. They're in dance. They're in, you know, they're fun things to do. But it's because I have to work. And then we get home and it's two hours a night. It might be homework and dinner and bedtime. And then you're off to dad's that weekend. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And I used to tell my kids teachers, the one thing I did as a single mom was befriend my kids teachers like their best friend. What do you need in the classroom? Can I come in and help? Tell me about my kid because my teachers, my, especially in elementary school, spent more time with my child than the parents. Yes. Yeah, that was that was wise. That was a that was a great move there. That that was inspired and brilliant to realize that and to act on it. Yeah, I also was a single parent for a while and I moved from my professorship in California to my hometown of San Antonio, Texas and bought a house almost next door to my mom and my stepdad and they saw my child more than I did because yep. again, soul support. Yep. So, uh, yeah, so they get less time than they did before. Now imagine they're accustomed to getting even less time with you mm -hmm. and you bring in somebody else. Right. Right. And they think, Oh, now I am going to see mom even less or dad even less. And when I do see mom or dad, this person that I didn't pick is going to be there all the time. Yeah. And they're right. They are absolutely right. Like my kids, I didn't date for a long time because my kids would come home from dad's totally upset because dad and the new girlfriend or the new wife went out to dinner on that custodial weekend. They went to the movies. They had a party or friends and my kids are left with babysitters and they're like, why am I going to dad's in the first place? Because you need to, you know, she had kids, he had kids. They're, oh, it's our time. It's the only time we can get. Well, a kid could give a you know what. Oh, yeah. You don't get time. And my ex would, and his partner would say, this is our time. We need our time. And the kids are like, my boys were like, what about our time? Like, Yes. I get a weekend with you. Well, uh, too bad. It's the same weekend. You know, the alternate weekend is their only free weekend because they're double families. That was one of the reasons, Duena, I didn't date. I had a boyfriend, but he we worked together and the kids only knew him as somebody who worked with mom. Mm -hmm. And we'd make sure that we would work. And then when the kids were here, it was either me or they started asking him to come because he was fun. Mm -hmm. But they never looked at him. They were never told he was a boyfriend because that would have wrecked everything. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, so as you know, I write and coach based on science rather than opinion right. to help people find and keep the love of their lives. And the truth is things are harder when you have children, especially if both people have children. But the this is a big part of the reason why the divorce rate is so much higher 
the second time around than the first time around for most people, because the divorce rate, the second time around, if there are no kids really isn't higher and in some cases is lower. But when you both have kids, the divorce rate is something like 75%. It's really high. Right. Cause how could really you, high. I never mastered it. I gave up. I'll be honest. I was like, I have two kids. I got to take care of my dad. I got to work full time. I'm soul supporting. And the people I'd meet that I really liked, I'm like, I don't have time for you. And you're going to get mad at me, which has happened when I would start dating, especially if a guy didn't have kids. And he's like, oh, I'll send a car service with you. We'll go to the Hollywood Bowl and we'll do this, this and this. I got a kid with an earache or I can't leave. I can't go because there's an award ceremony. Like all of a sudden you're making Sophie's choice between your kids getting one chance at a childhood and having a parent there or going out and having a great time at the Hollywood Bowl. Like it's it's. In some respects, it's really impossible, I think. There are people who do it, but they use very specific techniques. And so I don't want to just depress people and sign oh, off. Sure. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, I'm telling you, I just gave up. I mean, yeah. I can't really speak. I can't, I can't speak from science. I can't speak. But I also want to give permission to people to step out of the dating arena. I stepped out of dating for like five years. Mm -hmm. and I got a lot of criticism for it. Hmm, that's interesting. You know, uh, yeah, they would say you need your time. You know, you need your support. You need to form a relationship. You can't make your whole life about your kids. And I'm like, it's not about my kids. By the time you take the hundred and whatever we have, 168 hours in the week, <laughs> take out, you know, 60 hours working and commuting, you know, 30 hours cooking, cleaning, doing everything with the kids, like what's left even for me, much less a partner. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my son was born with type one diabetes. So uh, to keep him alive was very challenging the first few years because sure. you can easily give somebody too much insulin or not enough. And it, it Insulin for people who can't manufacture any at all, insulin's life support. And right. you can over or underdose uh, a baby very easily. So keeping him alive was a difficult thing to do. And um, yeah, I, I had ways of dating that didn't take away my time from him until I would find somebody that it was worth exploring more. Right, it's worth it. Yeah, but I remember I had this one restaurant where I would meet men on the hour just for coffee, but I would do it all day. Oh, wow. I would, yeah, I would block out, you know, three or four hours, and then I would do that, you know, once a week, and my mom would be on call if there was an issue at the school, and one guy figured it out. He said, I know you saw somebody else before me and after me, which I thought was creepy because then he's stalking me. Right. Um, well, yeah. <laughs> But he called me and he he was trying to shame me. And I said, look, you know, um, I know that your children are grown and you might have forgotten this, but I'm a single mom and I don't have actually any commitment to you, right. but I do have a big one to my kid. That's right. And the, this is how I've chosen to do it because I'm not dating around for fun. I'm dating around to find the right person right. for me and my child. And so if that means that I need to meet people for coffee to talk to them for an hour and see if there's a point in exploring further, then that's what I need to do. I get it. If you don't want to deal with that, that's fine. But this is what I'm doing. And I would appreciate if you did not give me your opinion on it. 
Right. And he did not. And he asked me out again and I said, no, but anyway, that's, (laughs) that's another uh, story. Um, You know, there's also a lot of friction, a lot of times between new parents, uh, new step parents, because it's a two-way street. The kids don't love you. You you want to love the kids, but it's hard because they're not your kids. And you just don't naturally have the bandwidth for their shenanigans that their biological parent right. does. And, you know, even parents who created these children together have arguments about the best disciplinary style right. and, you know, what time bedtime, all kinds of arguments that they have. Now imagine that this person doesn't have unconditional love for your children and the kids don't want to be disciplined by them. And this new person expects magically that somehow those kids are just going to like them. Right. You can see why this is such a challenging thing. So I'd like to just take maybe a few minutes and talk about how to deal with some of these issues. Um, one of them is to make sure that even though your time is scarce, that you do take some time to take care of yourself. It does not have to take a lot of time. For example, there are so many studies, so many that prove that half an hour a day, five days a week of brisk walking has the same impact as antidepressants on your emotional well-being. It has myriad effects on your physical well-being and it lets you sleep better, it lets you function sexually better. It does It's amazing. It's amazing. Well, the good news is you don't even have to get all 30 minutes at once. You can get 10 minutes here, 10 minutes there, 10 minutes somewhere else. You could literally, if you have reading to do for work, I do this all the time. I get on this little stair stepper thing in front of my TV if I have time to watch something on TV. But if I don't, I prop a book up and I read while I do that for just a little while. And um, 30 minutes a day does it. So that's self-care. In other words, if for people who are thinking, but I don't even have time to go to the bathroom everyone has to walk somewhere at some point during the day just be a little more strategic about it same with you know maybe take a bath instead of a shower you know you you know what things make you happy but just make sure that you find at least a couple small things to take care of yourself every day so that you don't need your partner's children to take care of you number two is adjust your expectations the things that we just talked about are real reality check yeah when you think about that, the miracle is not, it, it, it's not a miracle that uh, every family isn't like the Brady Bunch. It's a miracle that these, that step families, which is what I call them, that step families ever make it work. Absolutely. Like but I they would do. love, they do. So there, there are some people that make it work and, you know, I wasn't one of them. <laughs> That's why I'm so fascinated by this going, well, you know, maybe 75% didn't, but what did the 25% that do that stay married, that don't fall into that? What did they do right? Well, one of the things they did right was they didn't allow their children to call the shots about whether they were going to be in that relationship. Mm-hmm. They had a unified front as the adults in the house. Now, obviously, if you're with somebody abusing your kid, don't listen to that. You have to stick up for your kid. But that they didn't let the kids say, I don't like so-and-so, so you have to get a divorce. I don't like so-and-so, so you can't date them anymore. Your kids are kids. They don't get to call the shots in your life. 
they don't get to do it. It will not serve you or them well if they are permitted to do it. So be ready with a statement such as, I love you. I'm your mom or dad. You're extremely important to me. And I'm the adult. I'm making this decision. And that's just going to be the way it is about this. I know that's not very popular right now. And it's a because it's authoritarian and I'm actually not in favor of authoritarian parenting research shows that authoritative parenting, which is where you give a child choices within the reality permitted to them is much healthier. Um, but some areas you can't let your child have the final word. So an authoritative way of involving your child might be, let's pick a night that's just for you and me. Right. And I am going to continue this relationship. Steve's not going anywhere. He's your step parent. He's going to be right here. So I can't, you're, you're the child. I'm the parent. My job is to make these big level decisions. And I've made that decision, but maybe you and I need a little more time together. Right. That's, that's another point of, People who do this successfully, they have dates with their kids without the boyfriend or girlfriend or the step parent. Right. And that way, the fear that almost every child has, even adult children, have this fear that, oh, now I never see dad without stepmom. Now I never see mom right. without her boyfriend. That fear is allayed because you plan special time and you involve your child in making that plan. So in other words, give them choices that are at an appropriate level, but don't yeah, let them run your life. That's not well, good for them. It's not good you know, for you. The other thing too is like, slow your roll. Like I can tell you the one relationship that I had for six years when my kids were middle school age, that's a tough yeah, those are tough kids any way you slice it. But one of the things I did was I took it easy. I didn't try to make an instant family and push everybody together. And, you know, taking it easy, it got to the point I knew that it, we could introduce the relationship when my younger son said, could so-and-so sleep over? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You yeah, know, it, then exactly. now the kids are welcoming the person in, not that kid, that person isn't forced in. Because I do think like what you're talking about is super important. But if the family has time to adjust, the kids have time. We all need time to adjust. It can't be just the blush of a relationship. We really want to be together. So we're just going to jam everybody together like Legos that don't fit. It. Do you think, I mean, I mean what do you think? I think it takes time. You know, there's not really a lot of research on the topic of when do you introduce your kids to your person as your person. You and and he were working together and your children understood the relationship to be that kind of a relationship. So you had a way to spend time right. that, that was neutral. That was neutral and allowed allowed your children to develop a bond when the stakes weren't high from their standpoint and it wasn't threatening. And that was a very smart way to do that. A lot of people don't have that choice. And there's a lot of debate about, okay, when do I introduce my children to this new person? On the one hand, there are the people who say, look, I like to get the introduction made fairly quickly because if they can't 
if they really can't get along, if they're not appropriate with my kids, I don't want everybody getting deeply involved. Right. That makes sense. But, but then there are other people who say, you know what? I was introduced constantly and I really have decided that until something's very serious, I'm not going to introduce my children to my person. Right. However, I will notice how my person treats other people's kids, the wait staff, animals, employees who are under their power. And I'm going to look for consistent kindness and respect and not even date. First of all, you shouldn't date anybody who isn't kind and respectful across various situations right. anyway. Right. But, but especially when you have children, um, there's not a hard and firm rule about this. And there are children who really aren't going to make the adjustment. They're going to hate whoever you bring around. Yeah. And so, you know, you have some, you know how it is. Kids, including those of us who are well into adulthood, we're still adult children. We're children of somebody. We tend to naturally gravitate toward my mom or my dad made this mistake. They could have chosen right. this perfect thing, but instead they chose this chose this screwed up thing. When the truth was mom and dad had an array of imperfect choices in front of them. They chose the one that they believed was best for everyone. And sometimes it wasn't great, but it was probably the best that they could do right. given their reality. Some of you are going to be up against that. I will say this though, your life will be immensely easier if regardless of when you introduce the children, you never ever, 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 ever try to discipline or parent children that Absolutely. aren't biologically yours or yours by adoption from before you met this other partner. Here's how you handle that. No matter what, and it's funny because I actually get letters all the time from people who've read my book, Love Factually for Single Parents and Those Dating Them, who say, my partner's semi-adult child did this and it really hurts my feelings. And I think that adult child is doing it on purpose to offend me, which sometimes is totally true, by the oh, way. Absolutely. Oh, I can see my kids doing that. Sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. And they're, they're, you know, trying to push my buttons and I'm not responding to it, but it's very hurtful. And I just don't know how I should respond to this person. And I always direct them. I say, well, if you've got the paperback, go to page 274 and start with step parents. Let the real parent do the parenting. Yep. And it goes step by step. It has scripts in it for how to deal with this. But the big point, it, the big overarching point is you are hereby absolved from doing any parenting. The person that you are with needs to take time off work and take the kids where they need to go and buy their underwear and buy their shoes because you not only don't have the, the right to be treated as a parent, you don't have the responsibility to be that parent. Right. This is not a blended family. This is more like stew. Everybody's in the same pot, but it's not, a, it, they haven't been in a blender. Right. They're separate and distinct entities in here. And the kids will get along with your partner much better if your partner's role is to be your partner and your role is to parent your children. So if you are in the step position, if whether you're a girlfriend or a boyfriend or whoever you are, if you are in the step position, your job is to say something like the following. Hey, um, 
you know, you know, I love Jill. She's a great kid. Something's happening that's bothering me. And I'm really hoping that you can tell me more about that and maybe what you might be willing to do. Can we talk about that now or would another time be better? You want to time it right. If the person says, can we talk about it in two hours? Sure, we can talk about it in two hours. And then say, you know, I'd like to tell you more about it. Well, what Jill's doing is she just won't flush the toilet and I keep finding poop in there and it's just grossing me out. I mean, these are things people actually approach me with because kids will do that. It's really grossing me out. And, and I don't want to be critical because I like the relationship that I have and I'm not Jill's parent. Is there a way that you could talk to her maybe? And don't, I don't need you to bring me into it. Just ask for this to change. Yeah. The real parent gets to look. Sometimes if the real parent isn't doing anything, you may need to up the ante a little bit and say, I feel disregarded when Jill continues to do these things as a result of you not talking to her about them. Right. 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 You made the focus on the relationship between the two of you feeling disrespected and how this issue is not really Jill's issue. It's the parent's issue to correct that's bothering his partner. Yeah. And then another idea that you came up with, and then I know we're about out of time. You mentioned um, teenage kids and really not liking the partner. So uh, there are certain ages that in fact are harder than others. Kids who are under the age of nine usually adapt fairly easily, although there's not an age where there's just going to be smooth sailing all the time. From the age of nine to about the age of 16, the beginning of when kids turn 16, that's when most kids create the most issues. And part of that is, you know, their map of the world did not include this extra person. That's right. They know what they stand to lose. They may have a, they may feel disloyal, Mm -hmm. daring to like you. They may, like we discussed at the beginning of this, the, the emotions are very complicated and there are a lot of stakeholders. And some of those stakeholders are very much against this union. It could be the other grandparents, the other parent. There's a lot of people. It could be just the kids who feel this way, but um, you can expect that there's going to be a bumpier ride if you move in, marry from age nine to age about 15 to right when they're turning 16. I am friends with a delightful couple now in their eighties, but I knew them when they were in their very early sixties and they were engaged and they are, I mean, you talk about the love of each other's lives. They are wonderful people. They hold hands all the time. They do all the same things. And they've been like this, you know, since I've known them in their early sixties. Um, I actually met them right when they had gotten engaged. They bought houses across the street from each other. And until the last child pledged, they did not get married and move in. But they did tell the kids, we're getting married at this time and you'll need to be gone because you don't get along with the other person's children. 
So we're going to start making plans for you to fly. It doesn't mean you can't come home and visit, but we're going to be living together and we're going to be married. They gave him time to get adjusted to the idea. They did not allow the children to call the shots. They saw each other every day, but they didn't try to pretend that these children who hated each other were not, were going to, they knew that their relationship was going to explode because of these Right. Misalliances if they forced the issue. So creativity and expectations play a big role. I thought that was a brilliant solution. I think that's brilliant too. You know, they've been married for, I don't know, 25 years now. And they're just as happy as they can be and the love of each other's lives. And it's a wonderful thing. But they guarded their relationship. Right. Protected it. They did. They protected their relationship yep. and they have great relationships with all the kids and with all the grandkids. Love that. I love that. But they didn't force what wasn't working. That's what I'm hearing. And I'm yes, I'm they were in an economic position to do that. Other people sometimes aren't. Again, you have to work within your framework. That was their creative way of addressing the solution. I don't know what yours will be, but I know that if you have the expectation that kids don't particularly care if you're madly in love with somebody, right? they care about their own stability and think to yourself, how can I enhance that stability and enhance the message of their importance while not letting them call the shots on who my person is. I love that. I love that. So if you guys like what you heard today, we're here with Dwayna Welch and it's Love Factually. You can find her books where any, any everywhere. I see your stuff everywhere. Um, but Amazon, I think, is the quickest way to go. And what's your website for people who want to learn more about you? Oh, they can get so much free stuff at lovesciencemedia.com. You can see all my books, lots and lots of articles, links to podcasts like this wonderful podcast. And uh, there's free content from each book. So you can decide if you're interested in that. Lots and lots of stuff. Plus, there's a way to reach out to me by email. I answer all the letters that I receive. And I hope that if you are curious about something, you'll reach out to me. Love that. Love that. All right. We'll be back again soon with another great episode. Thank you for listening. On behalf of Sandra Beck, we want you to get out there today to make more money with less time and effort so you can live the life you want. Tune in next week for more tips, tricks, and techniques on Coach Talk Radio. Coach Talk Radio.